And speaking of baboons, we went to a world of monkeys and birds. And there was like a little cage where you could get in with the monkeys and a monkey sat on my shoulder. And yeah, they sat on you too and they pooped on your back. It was awesome. I did that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey everyone. Welcome back or welcome to the World School Wonders podcast. I'm Nikki. And I'm Jack, and today we have Tom and Emma joining us, which are our special guests. And we are in South Africa. Cape Town, to be specific. Yes. We got here in December, and I know it's been a really long time since we have hosted a podcast. A whirlwind tour, if you will. Yes. But we are finally getting it together and are going to talk to you today about what life is like in South Africa. If you remember, we did an episode similar to this when we were in Albania for our cousin Grant. Grant at the time had wondered out loud to his dad, what is life like around the world? So Grant, we are going to describe to you today what life is like in South Africa. I think the first thing that is so notable about living in South Africa is the fact that they drive on the other side of the road. Yeah, so when you go to get in your car, the driver gets in on the right-hand side, which is it's always funny to watch us try to to do the the uh, hokey pokey, the car hokey pokey because Nikki I always, always get goes it on the to wrong the wrong side. side. Yeah, and Tommy was here. He it's like every time that he looked up, he said, "Oh my god, I thought nobody was driving." <laughs> Although truth be told, we've been here for so long that now I dream about how weird it's going to be when I start driving in the United States again. Well, and I think it's fair to admit that at first when we got here back in December, we didn't want to drive at all. We were Uber works really well here. And so we Ubered around and thought maybe this is just how we'll get by. But we have a friend here who was so gracious to rent us her car. And Jack has been doing a masterful job at driving. Yes. And Mel, if you're out there listening, thank you so much. So, guys, what's it like when Daddy drives on the other side of the road? Does it freak you out? Not really, because I don't pay attention when people are driving anyways. So, and I usually just sit on the left side. Yeah, we are, yeah, that's true. You guys have your places. Yeah, and that's the thing for me is that it doesn't really bother me because I don't really know how to drive yet. So, it's like, meh. Whatever, just get me there. Yeah. Also, usually when we're in the car, I'm usually like reading my Kindle or I'm just like looking out the window. That's true. That's pretty typical. So what about living? We are in a house instead of an apartment here. And it's it's a big house. It's a house kind of like the one that we live in Atlanta. And it's interesting because our first month here in December, uh, the, the housing supply was kind of tight. And so we ended up staying in an apartment for several weeks. And even though it was a large apartment, probably the size of our apartment in Albania, we've determined that we're house people. We just feel much more at home here in 52 Bavian's Kloof. Yes. And, and by the way, anyone out there who speaks Afrikaans is going to get a good chuckle out of my and Nikki's pronunciation of the Afrikaans words today. I understand it's Babian's Kloof. Maybe and, that's maybe yeah. I'm still messing it up. And there you know. go. Case in point. <laughs> yes, I think it's fair to say that it's good for us to spread out. Tom and Emma like to have their own space, as do mom and dad. And so we have that here. Okay, the next biggest thing about living in South Africa, I think, is the electricity. So, so Or lack thereof. Well, we're going to talk about load shedding. Go ahead. There's, there's two components of electricity here that our U.S. friends will find amusing. 
One is you don't get an electric bill at the end of the month. No. You actually have a, a meter box, a pay meter box located in your house that tracks how much power you've pre, prepaid for. Let me say that again, that you've prepaid for. And it shows you it counting down as you use or consume the prepaid credits, almost like a almost like a prepaid cell phone plan. Yeah, and the thing that really freaked me out was we don't. I mean, as Americans, you really don't have any clue how much power you use you, uh, from a wattage perspective. You just don't. You don't think about it. Jack's looking at me like somebody knows how much power we use. It's all magic. <laughs> but it's it's a function of how much your bill fluctuates up and down on a month to month basis, not how many times you turn on the, the, you run the dryer, how many times, how many dishwasher loads you run. Yeah, and then for load shedding, it's basically when um, our area gets cut off of power. Like we don't have power for usually two to four hours at a time. And quite fine, quite recently it's been happening a bit. A little more. Jack, do you wanna explain how load shedding works? Yeah, and why so do we load shed? Well, interestingly enough, there's a lot. If you want to dis- if you want to start a discussion in South Africa, mention load shedding or politics. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, so, load shedding is the South African term for what you and I would call rolling brownouts. And essentially, uh, what the power company does is um, they turn off certain sections of the grid at certain times that are predetermined a- in order to save electricity. The reason they do that is that there's two ways to generate electricity in in uh, South Africa. One is to burn coal, and that's very inexpensive. And the other is to burn diesel fuel, and that's very expensive. And so what happens is when they run into issues with their coal burning facilities, they have to burn diesel, and it essentially upsets their budget. So to true their budget back up, they have to just turn off sections of the grid in order to, to not have to burn the expensive diesel and to be able to repair or bring back online the coal burning assets. But the thing is, since we live by an ocean, you would think that they would have hydroelectric or something. Yeah, it's also funny because it's so sunny here all the time. You would think that they would have more solar power, but they don't. Again, the, you know, 80% of their power is still being created by coal-burning plants, and most of those plants are reaching their end of life, which is creating a lot of strain on the infrastructure. And that's, that's where a lot of the conversation in in, Af- in South Africa is taking place. What are we going to do? What's the next five years going to look like? In some cases, you know, the power company is saying, hey, this is going to get worse, not better, and at least for the next three to five years. Yeah. Let me say something about Emma's comment about hydroelectric, because I think that's really smart. We had a lot of hydroelectric power when we were in Albania, not something that we're as used to in the U.S., but you're right. I mean, with next to a body of water. The difference, though, is the hydroelectric plants in Albania were coming from the mountains. So there were streams that were flowing down and that was a big part of it is because gravity kind of helps out in that process. It's also really windy so the waves can... Yeah, this would be a perfect place for wind generation and like I said, solar power. Another thing about living in South Africa is that power is relatively expensive here. So we did an experiment the first day that we were here and it was what, like six watt, six kilowatts or something to run the dryer one time. Well, in the it, dollars and cents, it was, it was about, about eighty a, cents. Okay, I was gonna say I rounded up to a dollar. Yeah. So we decided that it was like a dollar a load, and we do a lot of laundry. So the kids decided. I was really proud of you guys. We have a laundry line, a clothesline, right outside our back door where the washing machine is located. So. 
We're doing what, guys, with our laundry? We're using the... Solar dryer. That's right, the solar dryer. And it works pretty well. I know we still have crunchy towels, Emma. Yeah, it's crunchy. They're not fluffy. <laughs> yeah, and because we get more rain here, it's uh, very strange when the clothes are, like, dry and then it rains and we have to... We have done that we before. Have to, uh, we, they've gotten washed twice. Yeah. Well, the other thing, in addition to the electricity that's been a little bit different, and people ask me about the water crisis because there was a water crisis here in 2018. Is that when it was? Yeah, I, I got the sense that it was getting worse over time, but in 2018, it became really, really bad. And they almost ran out of water. Jack, why don't you yeah, I, I think they did. I think that they had to bring water trucks into some of the townships to, to provide drinking water for people. Yeah, because I remember like seeing it on the news in late 2017 and early 2018 that you know Africa was having a water crisis. Yeah, and that was that. right after we had been here. So, of course, yeah. you would kind of pick up on that since you had visited. Yeah, and, and so the reason that they had, I mean, they had a drought. There were no, the dams weren't full of water. And so that was what restricted their water supply. That is different now. I mean, I think the dams are filled up. They're no longer in a drought situation. But I think people still are always kind of nervous about, are we going to run out of water? Yeah, so I think the reservoirs are full, but the groundwater itself hasn't been fully replaced. We were talking to a, a fellow um, who works out in the wine growing region, and he said, yeah, the reservoirs are full, but the, the wells haven't started. They, they've started to fill back up, but they're not full again yet, so we need more rain. Well, okay, so Grant isn't going to be interested in any of this electricity and water conversation. Let's talk about something that every seven-year-old can get behind, and that's Food. I was going to say ice cream, but yeah. Food. Well, sure. Ice cream's a part of it. So, I, Ice cream is one of the four, five or six main food groups. Oh, five or six main food groups? Yeah. So, Emma, what kinds of foods are different here in South Africa? The sushi is very delicious. The sushi is very delicious. It's kind of the same sushi that we have at home. They just do a lot more to make it beautiful. It's here. fancy sushi. It's fancy well, it sushi. tastes a bit better. Well, that's probably because we live in Cape Town. It's very fresh. What about tomato sauce? What is that really known in, in the U.S.? What's tomato sauce known as at home? Ketchup. Ketchup. Uh, and it comes in a jar. That's right. We don't say ketchup here. We say tomato sauce. What about pickles? How do you look for pickles and, and find them in a grocery store? That's a gherkin, which doesn't sound very appetizing. They're also all sweet pickles. They don't do kosher here that we've found. And pickles don't seem to be all that popular because they come in really small jars. It's really a garnish. We did have a jar of dill pickles, but they vanished almost instantly. We did. We bought those at Woolies. And again, they were in a tiny jar and they were like $5. <laughs> they were expensive, which <laughs> is kind of funny because at home we have like this mass and we have so many different kinds of pickles. It's crazy. And not only that, but there's other things here that are much more expensive than than we're used to. Nuts, even peanuts, which is really shocking, are super expensive here. So a little um, one pound bag of, uh, of nuts will run anywhere from eight to $12. And coming from Albania where walnuts were, you know, just dirt cheap, it was a shock. Is that just because they don't grow? I mean, they don't have any almond trees? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, again, you would think they grow tons of peanuts here. You would think the peanuts would be inexpensive, but they're not. No, so they're not. I, I'm not really sure what the what the whole cost deal is. The other thing that's really expensive here is honey. Because in Albania, honey was real cheap. But here it's pretty expensive, too. A tiny little, a tiny little jar of honey will run 5 or $6. 
And when, and when we say dollars, we really are talking about dollars. Obviously, the local currency here is called the RAND. Uh, and you'll see it written either as a capital R with the number after it, or you'll see it as a ZAR, Z-A-R. The South Africans use Z-A instead of S-A for South Africa. Z-A stands for South, South Africa. So a ZAR is a South African RAND. Syrup is also expensive because they don't grow any maple. Yeah, maple syrup is super expensive here. But overall, food is really inexpensive here. The South Africans love meat, so they have great chicken, beef, and pork. They also grow tons of fresh vegetables, and the bananas here are divine. Like, I, I, they're the best tasting bananas, including ones I've had from Central America ever. And the grapes are super duper cheap here, and they're really good, which makes sense because, you know, Stellenbosch and Franchuk are right around the corner, even though those are different kinds of grapes. I was going to say, the table grapes are totally different. We did they have are. an opportunity to eat wine grapes right, literally cut off the vine, and they are, the skins are so thin. They were, I mean, they're amazingly sweet, but not too much. The other thing that's really expensive here, and of course we're spoiled because we just came from Albania, is olives. I was shocked because they have such a Mediterranean climate here. You would think that they would they would have olives coming out of their ears, but no. A tiny little packet the size of a deck of playing cards full of olives is a dollar. Chocolate chips are also they're they're not too expensive, but they're really good. They are good here. They're very good. What do they call a barbecue? When you go like in Texas, which is where Grant lives, we talk about when you grill meat and chicken and sausage or whatever you might be grilling. We call it a barbecue at home, but what do we call it here? Bry. It's a bry. Barbecue is a bry. And sausage isn't called sausage here. What is it called, Jack? Yeah, it's got a bunch of Dutch names. But the one I the one I keep thinking of is it's spelled like Boer Wars. Again, for my Afrikaan friends, I'm sure I'm butchering these words. They're laughing at you now. That's okay. <laughs> Don't forget biltong, which is the South African version of beef jerky. And these people live and die by their biltong. They do. Biltong is really good. And I didn't know this. A lot of South Africans don't even want the biltong that's kind of sold pre-packaged in a store. They have biltong Smokers kiosks or, yeah. that are in the different malls. And so people, someone said to me today, like, oh, you don't eat the stuff that's been a plastic bag in the shop, do you? And I thought, <laughs> I didn't know. Like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. No, you mean the I kind don't. you buy at the truck stop? No, exactly. not at all. Exactly. So anyway, we'll learn. We'll have to go to the kiosk uh, when the next time we're at Woolies. South Africa has a really significant English influence. And so what do we call cookies here? Biscuits. We call cookies biscuits. Yes, just like we did in Albania. So Tom, what do they call the delicious pastry that's something buns that's a big thing that we're going to do hot at Easter. cross buns that's right emma speaking of easter they have a very wide selection of cadbury which is very impressive they do have a wide selection of cadbury and say so, okay i have to say one thing that i thought was really interesting about sandwich making here and i didn't know this until i was making sandwiches for south african friends but they like to eat butter on their sandwiches. So at home, people might put mustard or mayonnaise. Sometimes I like to do hummus or some kind of sun-dried tomato paste thing. But but here, South Africans like to put margarine on their sandwiches. I was listening to Trevor Noah's book and he was talking about his 
delicacy that he loves so much is to put margarine on white bread with bologna. I know if you could see in this face, it would be worth the time listening to this podcast for sure. Uh, but I've seen people put margarine and peanut butter together on sandwiches. It, it's different. Who am I to say that it's not good? I mean, if you're, if you, it's what you know and you've grown up with. Not to make horror. All right. So the other thing that they have here that's similar at home, well, maybe not similar, but Mexican food. No. We didn't find any Mexican food when we were in Albania. But they have lots of Mexican food here. They have real cheddar cheese. And they also sell Nesquik here. So you've been able to have your chocolate milk. Although, did they sell Nesquik in Albania? No, no, they didn't. Okay. We had to use the chocolate powder. That's the the temperamental chocolate powder. Okay. And then they have ice cream. Lots and lots and lots of ice cream here. I know. It was really weird because it's like we probably get ice cream once every two weeks. Go ahead. Um, and for like the past month, we've been stuck in a constant cycle of mint chocolate chip. And so we went to the store like the, the past week, um, and we finally got a new flavor. And it's chocolate caramel with nuts in it. So good. And it's great. Yes. And we're almost out of it. No. Okay. So one thing that Grant might find really funny is the language. Even though we speak English, there are lots of words that we would never speak at home because they don't have any meaning. Like... To say something is really wonderful or great, here in South Africa, they'll say lecker. That's lecker, right? Kind of like saying that's really epic. I guess maybe that's a little bit more slang. Yeah, it's kind of like when we went to the um, the, like the game lodge in a gift shop. They asked me if I wanted a jersey, and I knew that meant sweatshirt. Oh, exactly. And the rest of you were like, eh, he already has a soccer jersey, and I was like, Okay, and so the other thing that I thought was funny is our game drive game driver who said the other day that there's a difference between saying now, 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 and just now. Jack, what do those mean? Now means while I'm standing here, do it. Now, now means when you get around to it. Kind of like in, uh, in Latin America, they say five minutes. And then just now is manana. Right. Like, like don't hold now, your breath. Exactly. It might happen or it might happen. But I thought that was really funny. Now, 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 and just now. What other words have we heard here? Can you guys think of any? Well, it's it's funny because I was saying the other day how some of the Afrikaans words sound like they took the English words and just made them into Dutch. Like, for instance, soup is soos and a doggy bag is a is a wolf curdo. Or something like it's. It's got the word "woof" in it. <laughs> Again, I know I'm 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 uh, killing this language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have these napkins that I found uh, on on a road trip somewhere that has a lot of the South African words on it. And so I'll take a, a photo and post it on our website. But yeah, there are lots of different words that we're not really used to. The other one that I thought was funny is that the English and Americans call a traffic light a traffic light and. I didn't know this, but South Africans call it a robot. All right. So one of the most extraordinary parts of living in South Africa, honestly, is all of the wildlife. And we have had the crazy fortune of being able to go on a game drive and see lions and giraffes. And we didn't get to see the leopard, but they have leopards that we could have seen. Hippopotamuses cheetahs we've seen so many cool animals those hippos scared me because their mouths are very large 
Well, the cool thing about living in Cape Town, I think it's because we're around so many mountains um, and the ocean, is you don't have to just go on safari to see all of these animals. We have, as you go along the wine part portion of the mountains that are near us, we have what kind of crossings, Emma? Baboon crossing signs, because baboons are uh, passive aggressive and they will um, <laughs> just—they will insult you without you yeah. knowing it. Yeah, speaking of <laughs> steal your stuff. Although you got to say it the way we say it here, baboon. But a thing that I would pay good money for would be an ocean safari. An ocean safari. Oh, interesting. I think that's called scuba diving. And I, I think some of you may have even seen our Swimming with the Seals documentary. Yes. So, yes, we've been doing that. We've been looking for dolphins, and they've been a little bit shy, haven't they, Emma? They only come out when I'm not there. Yeah, well, somehow they know. Because we have to get up early in the morning to go see them. But when we do get up early, they're not there. This is true. You just have to keep going again and again. But we're going to take a kayak trip in a couple of weeks, and hopefully we'll see them. We'll, have, we'll have to do it early in the morning. Speaking of wildlife, you don't even have to go outside your own home. Sometimes you can be sitting in the den watching TV, and a little chipmunk might go running by, or a cat might try to get in through an open window. Yeah, so yesterday I was doing my homework, and I went to go get my notebook from the kitchen table. And then Dad's just walking into the lounge, and he says, Tom, come with me. There's, a, there's like a mouse underneath the speaker. And I'm like, okay. Okay, how did you think that was a mouse? That was huge. That is not, I mean, I would have immediately thought that was a rat. It wasn't that big. It was like the size of a small chipmunk. Yeah, it had little stripes and spots on it. It wasn't a rat. And you, big ears. Yeah, it was, uh, it was something South African. It was a South African ratatouille. It was just a fat mouse. Maybe. That's why Could've it was been. so big. Extra furry. But we chased it out. We cha- we opened the back door, and I have a really hilarious video of everybody trying to corner it and move furniture out of the way and so that we, can, we can herd it out the door. Well, the other thing that kind of freaks me out and that we've seen on uh, Facebook, there's a Facebook group in the community where we live that I'm on to just kind of figure out you know, and sort out what's what. But they have an issue with snakes here. If you get our newsletter, you probably saw me already tell people about this, but they have Cape Cobras that can come into your house. Yeah, mom has a snake drummer in her phone. I have a snake, the number for a snake catcher in, saved to my phone in the event that we would ever need it. Okay, what about the penguins? Penguins are a thing here, which you wouldn't think that you see penguins in a warm climate, but what kind of penguins live in Cape Town? Mean and smelly ones. <laughs> That doesn't narrow it down much. They're not mean. They're just trying to protect their eggs. One thing that I was going to comment on on the topic of animals is there's a bird that sits outside the window, and it sounds like a a submarine. Yes, there's a submarine bird, and then there's the happy birds, right? Oh, those are annoying. They uh, they yell how happy they are at at first light every morning. Yeah, the ibises. Well, and then there... Okay, so then there's the... um, Work hard, get fit. No, it's the work harder, drink logger. What kind of bird is that? Some kind of dove, right? It's a dove. Like it's a turtle dove? I don't know. But then they have a different kind of bird that it's a some kind of like a rock pigeon that also says. The rock pigeons every morning say, wake up, sleepyhead, wake up, wake yeah. up, sleepy. They don't say this. It's basically the rhythm of their bird call. And they're really loud. Wake up, sleepyhead, wake up, wake up, sleepyhead, wake up. Well, guys, let's wrap this up. We are going to be returning to the United States in June, which means that we will get to see Grant probably in the end of June, probably July. Maybe we'll have a Texas 4th of July. 
which means that you should be looking for a What Life is Like in America podcast. <laughs> we Everybody knows what that's like. Thanks so much for joining us today. And Grant, we look forward to seeing you this summer. Yeah, thanks everybody. 